Hello. Hello, King. Come on. Hi, Kevin. Yeah, give me a second. I just get the levels. Maybe just start talking just a sentence. Hello, hello, hello. Sure. Uh, hello, hello, hello. Okay, sounds good. I, I, you know, I was listening to your um uh, interview with Fortune, and it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's what everybody says. Like, you must know that actually Singaporeans don't don't listen to podcasts at all, at all in our industry. Yeah, it's very interesting and um, it, it does help that, that I know the both of you though. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It, it really helps because um, because I want to hear what you think and yep. how you think and I also want to hear what portion thinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah it was interesting. We, we actually have done uh, another four more directors already and all of them, actually I'm fielding the same questions but they all answer differently because everybody has their... Uh, their own journey and their own processes. Ma. I think that's great. I mean, how are you marketing this um, to get people okay. to listen? I honestly think that uh, something like this, right, is more like a library. So I'm not that anxious like, oh, I need to have 1,000 this week and all that. So uh, slowly, I think. La, I think once we like have enough traction, I think you know, uh, people will still claw back the previous uh, episodes and then, you know, whichever directors that you kind of keen on. Uh, we also will be talking to like DPs and anybody else, uh, like actors. Uh, that's why I, I thought that, hey, uh, you know what? Because of this circuit breaker thing, right? So maybe we will just put this as a circuit breaker extra thing that people can do when they are at home. That is so funny. That is great. <laughs> the other thing I really like about it is that it's very Singaporean. Yep. It's very identifiable because mm. I think not enough people talk about the Singapore industry. N- not just within Singapore, but like today, some of the questions that you're going to ask me yep. um, is also giving an outside-in, you know, view about yes. the Singapore industry. Yep, yep. And I think that the film students, you know, in Nian, you know, they, they should listen to it, you know. I, I hope so, because the, the main thing about this is why I wanted it to be as narrow as, like, directors, like, because actually... We don't talk that much. Huh? We almost see each other director like a like a competition. So even for us to start talking, <laughs> uh, I thought it's a it's a nice resource already, lah. Okay, now I mean that's why I said that uh, I want this episode. It's probably will come out maybe next week. So like it's the circuit breaker special of our podcast. Even though we just started, lah. So it's every week we will launch uh, episode. So we are really lined up quite a bit but then maybe for this one because uh, we talked last uh, just two nights ago I think and I was just thinking it's like all the while when I was talking to you and all those inspiring things that I hear from you you know doing an LA and all that and I was like wow I, I need to put this into the podcast then like uh, secretly secretly then I'm like okay okay I'll jump it on you the next day <laughs> yeah so yeah. I thought it was interesting that, but okay let's let's hear where you are now and why are you back because uh, the last I was talking to you you were in Vancouver yeah <laughs> yeah so I am back here in Singapore um, because most if not all of the film and television productions uh, that were going on yep. in LA and I dare say in many many parts of the world were stopped yep. because of the coronavirus yep. and it was an effort to try to flatten the curve. Yep. 
So I was actually in Vancouver, very, very happily yep. <laughs> filming for the pilot of CW's uh, reboot, you know, of um, an old series. I think it was in the 1980s and it yep, was yep, called yep, Kung yep, Fu. Yep. Wow, wow. And yeah, you are probably old yeah, enough yeah, yeah, to yeah. That's right. know about Kung <laughs> Fu. Yeah. yeah, so the CW is doing a reboot. It is. It was wonderful. So yeah, so I'm back here in Singapore because um, it was temporarily halted. Yep. Uh, and then they flew us all back to wherever we were stationed at that time. Early. Mm. And then after a little while, uh, I was monitoring how things were going on. Yep. And I thought, this is actually a very good time for me to come back to Singapore to wait things out. Yep. Because I also really, really miss my daughter and mm. my mom. Yep. So I thought, oh, okay, I think I'll just come back now. Mm. And that was before yeah. everything was shut down, right? That, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was so interesting because um, I booked my flight and at that time there was no mandatory stay home 14 days. Yep. But Singapore reacts so quickly and I think that is such a wonderful thing, okay? Mm. I really, really want to support that. Yep. Um, that between the time that I booked the flight and mm. came back to Singapore, the 14-day stay-home notice yep. for everybody that was coming back mm. uh, was instated. Mm. And so I uh, immediately went into, uh, you know, the 14-day stay-home when I flew back. Yep. But within my stay-home notice, things also changed yeah, yeah, yeah. because then everybody that was coming back mm. was immediately put into uh, a facility like either a hotel or whatever Mm. to, you know, really further isolate themselves. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah. But very frankly, whatever I had to do to help to flatten the curve, Mm. I will do it. Okay. And as we all know today, yesterday a circuit breaker was put in and today is actually my last day of stay home notice and I happily will extend you know, with very, very minor modifications, yep. what I have been doing for mm. the last 14 days. So I still intend to not see anybody yep. except for immediate family sure. and not go out except yep. maybe to go to the supermarket. Okay. So I keep in touch with all my friends, like with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you're not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going to... So you're not going to go crazy for the next two days? Huh? No, I'm not at all. <laughs> I actually am a real homebody, so I'm very happy to stay at home. A I nice mean, home. You know, nice, the home. Only <laughs> nice home, that is, you know, I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. You know, my mm. heart really goes out to people who either don't get along with their family members yeah, or... Yeah have a home that is less than ideal to mm. stay in. Yep. Um, I can only urge that now is the time to try to bridge whatever bad relationships mm. you have at home because you're going to be stuck yeah, with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first thing you ask is, hey, this is about directing, then ask me about what. But actually, you also have directed before. But of course, I, I'm, I'm actually talking to you mostly as an actor. Uh, but we can talk yeah. a bit about your maybe the directing for Ray and like, you know maybe some tips on that. Um, but this segment was like actor talks back, right? So uh, <laughs> that, that and and from the other point of view, because even for our normal podcast, we do talk a lot about working with actors, right? Yeah. Uh, so for this segment is basically like from the actor 
looking at directors, right? To give us some perspective. Yes. So, uh, but just to to start everything is that uh, how and when did you start uh, acting? So I actually started dabbling in acting in my university days, and okay. this is like what 33, 34 years ago. Okay, and I stumbled onto it accidentally because. You know the American system. You are allowed to take electives, which basically means you can take any sort of, you know, yep, course yep. that you want mm-hmm. just to fill up the number of credits that you need to graduate, lah. Yep. And I took acting 101, and I just fell in love with it. Okay. Um. So I am not one of those sort of people that have been acting ever since I was a kid or right. anything like that. You mm. know, I actually stumbled into it in a serious way when I was in university as a young adult. And yep. then when I came back home to Singapore, imagine, you know, there was no English language drama. There was nothing like yep. that, you know. Mm, no. There was just a variety show on television, yep. you know. So um, I like... Any respectable young adult got a full time job, um, but I loved acting so much that um, I got in touch with my cousin who happens to be Ivan Heng Allow. from Wild Rice, <laughs> the famous Ivan okay. Heng from the yeah, famous yeah, Wild yeah. Rice. Okay, <laughs> and he was already doing a lot of theater in the university. Yep, and um, he said to me, "Hey, you know." Uh, are you interested in um, acting for yep. this small play that I'm going to do in the university in the lecture theatre? And I said, "Oh yes, please let's do it." Yep. And that's how I started. Mm. And the play was called The Waiting Room. Until today, I really want to, um, you know, restate it. Mm. It was a wonderful story. We had a wonderful experience, and um, and that began my whole acting journey. And So I had a full-time job, and from that theatre experience onwards, mm. basically, I really shared my life with my job, yep. my family, mm. and friends, yep. and theatre. Mm. You know, yes. yeah, and that's how it all began. You yeah, know, okay. uh, but uh, can we know what was the job you were doing, your day job before you jump into acting full time? So I had a major day job, and I was working for uh, at first F J Benjamin. Wow! I, yeah, <laughs> so you know they're famous. I mean, they yeah. basically hold a lot of the brand names yeah, that yeah, you yeah, know yeah. today, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know Guess, still, and, uh, you I know, think... yeah, still mm. very much. Okay. Um, so I worked in uh, the marketing department for them, and I had the most wonderful time. I am one of those sort of people who are very lucky. Mm. Whether or not it is my character, or whether yep. or not I'm just lucky, I've always enjoyed practically every single part-time or full-time job yep. that I've ever had. Okay. So my first full-time job was with MC Benjamin. I loved every second of it. Okay. And then after two years, I was kind of coached by CK Tang Limited, and I actually stayed there for the next like eight years wow. doing. You know, public affairs and marketing services and public relations. Yeah. And I I loved it too, and so many of my friendships mm. and so many of the skills that I learned actually in both of these full time jobs have really helped me 
in yeah, my yeah. life as an I artist. Can see, I can see oh. it. I can see it. No wonder you have some marketing savvy, even when you organize like festivals. Yeah, and yeah. Like that. it really helps, you know. Mm. Um, but then all through the full-time job, mm. um, Singapore was really starting to blossom in terms of local theatre. Yep. So I would just work like hell, you know, in the daytime. <laughs> and then the minute, you know, um, work ended, I would rush to, at that time I was doing a lot of work with both William Till and um, Theatre Work, mm. the late, great William Till. Wow. He had passed away. Okay. And then I did a lot of work with Theatre Work. And it was just, full-time job and then theatre production after theatre production mm. after theatre production. And yeah. I would say that my family and my friends actually for many, many years mm. hardly ever, ever saw me. <laughs> um, so thank goodness they still love me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but okay. I couldn't help it because I was in love, you know, I was in yeah, love yeah, with yeah. the theatre and I was in you know, which, and which, I, I was having a very good career, so to, yeah. To to be honest, even till now, I think a lot of people, like a lot of directors, have to have a day job, like a teacher or whatever, and then you know, in their spare time, then they actually go into uh, directing, you know, their job or their project. So this duality is uh, unfortunately still quite inherent with creatives in Singapore. You know, I actually don't think that it is an unfortunate thing. I mean, now having spent so much time in LA in the last, you know, one and a half years, Mm. I would say that everybody, everybody, even so much more than Singapore, Mm. they fully juggle their lives um, with a full-time job or a part-time job, as well as their passion Mm. in something else, simply because the market is so much bigger. Mm. Um, you know, the pond is so much bigger. The yep. number of talent is so much bigger. Mm. Um, the other thing also is that um, many of the, let's say just in the in the film and television business, right? Yep. Many of the very talented people that I know, mm. the actors, the writers, the mm. directors. I mean, unlike here in Singapore, where many of us have a family buffer. Yep. Many of the people there have actually moved from their own small town. That's right. And they've got no family finances mm. to help them, no maid to help them, yep. no family home to yep. run back to, Mm-mm. and no money in their pocket. Mm. And, you know, they fly to New York or they fly to LA and they scrimp and save and they work so mm. hard Mm. Um, you know, in whatever job and they pay their own rent, they buy their own food, they do their own laundry, you know, they they do everything by themselves and they still go for auditions and, and you know, when they, when they get a job, they just have to, I mean, an acting job or a writing job, they have to juggle everything until they, some sort of a way to do it in a more full-time way. That way, right, that you're hustling so hard don't you think that the stakes are higher? So I, I see it even the last time when I uh, uh, took acting classes uh, in New York, the, the stakes are higher. So you're not talking about people who are like, you know, uh, maybe I'll try this and then never mind, I'll go back to insurance or like, you know, doing something else. So maybe that's maybe the the, the, the difference between, uh, you know, the stakes uh, in terms of uh, carving out a career there. I couldn't agree with you more. Not only are the stakes higher, Mm. but um, I think the way that people in a large 
uh, industry, a large well oil industry like in Los Angeles, look at high stakes is very different from, let's say, a smaller market here yep. in Singapore. Yep. When they look at the high stakes, they actually feel uh, like this is good. And for me, I also feel this is good hmm. because it forces, the high stakes forces the best out of everybody. Yep. Hmm. There is very, very little room for mediocrity. Yep. Um, in the project that I have had the privilege of um, being a part of mm. that is international in terms of um, production value yep. and budget, mm. I feel that one of the most invigorating and inspiring things is that when you look around you in the room, everybody from the extras to the third AD mm. to the catering people mm. Mm. to the seamstress Mm. Uh, or, you know, or, uh, and, and as high up as the DP mm. or the uh, showrunner, mm. everybody is so good at what they do mm. that you cannot help but feel you want to be really good too. And that also means that they don't let you get away with doing mediocre stuff. Mm. So, for example, if you really are mediocre, you know, Gavin, you wouldn't even be in the room filming. You wouldn't get the job. Yeah. You wouldn't get to auditions or you wouldn't even get a chance to audition. Mm. So that is how different, you know, the, yeah. um, the stakes are. Mm. You, you wouldn't even get a manager if you were not good, you know, Mm. Th there would be nobody wanting to represent you. Why would they waste their time when all they had to do is just look at the next person next to you and the chances of the next person next next to you yep. being better than you is very, very high. Yeah. You know, um, so that changes everybody's expectations and standards. Yep. And I think that is a wonderful thing, yeah, you know. Because even, you know, you'll be pushed to give in your A game every day, every time you're on set, or even before yeah. you go on set. Yeah, yeah I really feel that is exactly uh, what it is, Kevin. Mm -hmm. You've hit the nail yep. on the head. Yep. The definition of A game in a very big market like mm. Los Angeles yep. or Hollywood mm. Is also defined in a much wider uh, way. As you can see from just, um, you know, watching Netflix or watching Hulu or Amazon Prime, yep. the, any of the streaming platforms, mm. as well as, let's say, your free-to-air, mm. you know, your ABC, your CBS, yep. you can see so many different genres. Yep. From whether or not you're doing a slapstick, you know, sort of... Um, uh, show, mm. you know, like uh, like ballers, mm. uh, uh, whether or not you're doing uh, uh, a game type of thing, like yep. Twitch, mm. uh, whether you're hosting a talk show, mm. whether or not you're doing a podcast, like what we're doing yep. now, mm -hmm. or whether or not you're doing a really high-end Roma, mm. the A game has to be brought to every single budget and every single genre mm. because the market mm. is big enough to support so many different genres, so many different budgets that, you know, no matter what budget, no matter what 
genre you are in, you have to bring your A game. Okay, well, uh, we will have a whole section um, to talk about your journey to Hollywood. Um, um, let's go back to maybe uh, something to talk about directing that. Like um, you have done theater, obviously, uh, lots of TV with Singapore and uh, even now overseas and films. How do you think uh, directing differs for each uh, discipline? Like, for instance, as an actor, you know, when you are actor for theater, is it different when you approach to the directors and for TV and then for film? Maybe we can just start with like uh, theater. Yep. Um, oh, it's the same. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's the same. Yep. Um, and before I even attempt to answer such. Uh, a large question. I Correct. want to say that um, only from my own personal own point journey. of view, yeah, mm. yes. um, and my own uh, process and my own style. Yep. Because the first thing I want to say is that it is different for every single actor. Yep. Okay. The mm. other thing I want to say is that it is different for every single project. Even mm. if you work with the same director mm. for a different project, yep. To me. How I work with that director, mm. it's still going to be different. Okay. Mm. Um. So those are kind of like the qualifiers, you mm. know, that um I want to put into place before I mm. even attempt to okay. answer this question. Mm. Is there any difference working with directors from these three different, yeah. um, you know, media platforms? Mm. I would say that the first thing that comes to mind is actually. Not about difference, but it is about similarities. Mm. And I think that one of the main similarities about working with any director from any genre, whether mm. or not it's television, theater, or film, mm. is a kind of authenticity. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yep. You know, and the journey towards that authenticity mm. with regards to how you are going to step into the character. Mm. Um, Is something that is a mystery to mm. me. Okay? <laughs> okay, until today, I don't have a uh, tried and tested way mm. to make my performance good. <laughs> okay, okay? Mm. I I sometimes come up with performances that I feel happy about mm. and that other people seem to like. Mm. I sometimes come up. With performances that fall short of, of my own expectations, mm. and a lot of times I have to admit, Gavin, yep. that as an actor, mm. um, working with all these directors, I can't really dissect step by step what worked or what didn't work. Mm. Okay, mm. but I don't say that in a negative way because I guess I'm actually one of those sort of people that one of the best things that I enjoy about acting. Is the mystery of mm. it? Where do these emotions come from? Yep. Nothing is real. I step into a costume. I mm. step onto a set. That's true. I'm working with this particular person. <laughs> That's right. Uh, whether or not, yeah, this person is a director or this person is an actor, mm. it somehow, sometimes it just clicks in a way that just makes you fly. Yep. And you know, and that is just the best feeling in the world. I tend to work very well with directors whom I have no problems uh, 
understanding. Um, and again, this has nothing to do with how good your English is. This has nothing to do with friendship. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. this has nothing to do with how much I like you. Okay, you know, that's important. Sometimes, whether or not you're a theatre director, a stage director or film director, mm. this director is able to explain an idea mm. or a thought mm. or, um, or an emotion mm. um, that just clicks inside my head. Mm. It seems like, you know, there's no stopping your career. <laughs> I feel that certainly, <laughs> certainly in the last um, four or five years, yep. something happened in the cosmic universe for mm. me. I guess my philosophy is that I don't want to think too much about and, and fear the cosmic universe mm, opening mm, mm, mm. or closing. Okay. Basically, I am one of those sort of people where when an opportunity comes in front of me, mm. I just look at whether or not I want to take it. Mm. And then if I take it, I just want to do it to the best of my ability. Mm. And then when it's over, put it aside. Uh, Don't think too much. Mm. You know, don't get inside your head. And then just look at what else is in front of you. And Mm. even if there's nothing in front of you, then, you know, life is filled with so many other things other than you know, I'm sure. other than yeah, another TV series yeah. or another film or whatever, and there is always something to look forward to, and always something to engage in that you yep. can um, find joy. You mm. know, doing. You and, know, and, yeah. And I and I know you would not sit still if if there's nothing yeah. in front of you, you go and produce it. Yeah. You go and, you go and yeah. look for something and start a new fi- uh, arts festival or something. Yeah. Okay. I am very very <laughs> itchy backside. Yes, I'm very very itchy backside all <laughs> the time. 